From one coast to another, it's Cavern. Vern? Kev Interstellar. Vern, I just saw a film. Oh, we're talking about movies? <laughs> Us on this show? Uh, hey, folks, if you liked the Rocky episode, you know, you might want to stick around. Uh, if you didn't, uh, maybe just come back in uh, 11 days yeah. <laughs> for, a different, for a different episode. Because I feel like this might be one of those. Uh, but we, we shall see. Uh, Vern? Uh, As of this recording, it was very recently Easter Sunday, uh, and after many uh, years of uh, uh, putting it off, and after having uh, the Criterion copy sitting on my shelf for a number of months, uh, I have finally seen uh, The Last Temptation of Christ. Wow, and you have uh, life in your voice after seeing this movie. I am filled with a joie de vivre. Uh, I am uh, I am surprised. Uh, that movie is a masterpiece. It's an incredible movie. It was a Easter tradition for me for a long time to watch it. I did not catch it this Easter because stuff came up. Jesus. Jesus came up. He rose. He rose. Uh, I, of course, uh, I was left behind, um, so I've got plenty of time to watch it. Yeah, which which version of Left Behind did you watch? Did you watch the one from, like, 2006, or did you watch the one from, like, 2016? Because they decided, mm, we're going to do that one again. Well, the 2016 one was Nicolas Cage. I and, believe so. And I watched, because my, my father the was The other big... one's, like, Kirk Cameron or something? Yeah, my father is a big fan of those books, so I watched the straight-to-DVD one, whichever one that was. Sure. Uh, I mean, I'll... Left Behind is one of those fucking book series that you're like, oh, this is a series. There are, like, 13 books in the Left Behind series, yeah. and you're like, what? 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 How? Uh, apparently, apparently, like, the Antichrist rises up. You know, it's like a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, yeah, they were, a, they were a big deal, and I remember, like... They all have the same, like, cover art uh, scheme, and they all have, like, a banner with, like, title and then under against against a black background. I remember when the last book came out, it was against a white background. I'm like, oh, Jesus is back. Heck yes. Fuck, dude. (laughs) All the really, oh, we're in the tribulation force now, man. (laughs) Oh, man. That's sick. Way to pull the fucking rug out from under. Yeah, those books had the same, like, color font scheme that uh you know if you if you go to like the young the ya section of the scholastic book fair and you're like oh city of bones city of embers (laughs) (laughs) it'll the same way those books are like they have essentially the same cover every time with a slightly different scheme yeah uh the the one it's not a young adult uh book series but the one i can think of is like the one for the money, two for the dough. Three, like the the numbers books. Yeah, is that a is that a Nora Ephron joint? Uh, is that a, it's one of those. I don't know who the author wa- is or was. I know that for the longest time I was trying to crack that as a puffin sketch, but it got nothing. Uh, Never came up with it. Uh, yeah, it's one of whoever wrote that is one of those. That, you know, your mom always has a copy of it by her toilet. You know what I mean? Like, it's just there's always another one (laughs) by a uh, Nora Ephron or one of them is named Roberts. Maybe it's Nora Roberts. They're all started. Janet Evanich. That's uh, it. You know, that's it. That's 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 the one. Got it. 
<laughs> That's the one. Um, yeah, there is always a new one. Uh, the there is always another in whatever for uh, series. You know, who X parent loves to read. You could be like a fucking. You could be Sue Grafton, uh, who wrote like a twenty-six book series where it's like A is for asphalt, and it's like oh they were killed by asphalt. B is for bank robber. You know, it's like A, and she went to Z, baby. She made it. She she did. I I know. Like I've never. I've never read a word of any of those books apart from like what's on the title. Um, I know at a certain point I stopped seeing them, but I didn't know if that was, I didn't know if she made it all the way to, uh, to the end. Did someone, I think she got there. Did someone get killed by a xylophone? Like what happened with (laughs) X? Like, Uh, yeah. Uh, it was a crossover with the X-Men. Oh, cool. Uh, It was, yeah, (laughs) sick. It came out, uh, at the same time as first class. So it's specifically the first class continuity. Oh, okay. That's, well, it's not as cool, but uh, it's still like, it's, (laughs) it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Banshee factors in heavily in that one. You know, it's a real Banshee (laughs) and Darwin, uh, sort of joint. Uh, hey, we must we must simply hop away from the X Men, or we will never return. Uh, yes, and uh, I do want to talk about Passion of the Christ, uh, or not Passion of the Christ. Excuse me. I do want to talk about that. Um, but I, I do, do want, want to talk about that because <laughs> I have seen that. That is one of the worst films I have ever seen in my entire fucking life. Okay, real quick uh, before we before we get there, and I want to hear. Uh, I want to talk about um, Last Temptation of Christ as well. Um, I know no other information about this apart from what I'm getting ready to tell you and the audience. Um, but we were talking about Left Behind. And there is a Left Behind video game that is an RTS, a real-time strategy game. I'm sorry? <laughs> yes, it does exist. I don't know. I cannot tell you anything else about it. I don't know anything else about it. But there is Taxi R- the plane of the survivors. <laughs> Taxi the plane. There is an RTS left behind game for PC that does exist. Wow, 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 wow. I have so many questions. <laughs> is it, it is it one of those games that was an entirely different game until the offer was put on their table and it suddenly became left behind? It you know would what have I mean? to be. Like a fucking reskin of a game that was basically done in the same way that if you go into any board game shop, there's 47 Rick and Morty games that used to be another game, yeah. but were subsumed by Rick and Morty. It would it would have to be that um, the the extent of my knowledge of the Left Behind RTS real time strategy game for PC was the the screenshot that I've got in my brain that I saw. And the blurb I read about it in Game Informer magazine back whenever they used to give you a subscription to that if you bought a game at GameStop. Yeah, if you were a GameStop uh, uh, Pro Rewards member, you got free Game Informer right to your fucking door. Yes. Uh, and all the games were given 10 out of 10s because it was a magazine released by GameStop, so they wanted you to buy all the games. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, it, was a, it was a very clever strat. Absolutely. Um, But... Kevin, I'm I'm dying to hear. Uh, what well, Last Temptation of Christ? Talk to me, brother. All right. I mean, you know, Marty Scorsese. Uh, he he he's a guy. And you know what? If 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 my recollection of the of the past uh, few months of Marty Scorsese is any indication, I mean that guy only makes gangster movies, you know? Because <laughs> yes. uh, he dared, he dared say Iron Man is not the greatest character in cinema history. And I saw oh, the the fervor, the yelling at Martin Scorsese. Uh, 
that I that I heard and that I saw. Um, and uh, the complaint was always, what does this guy know about varied filmmaking? He only makes gangster movies. And thus, and thus the poster has revealed themselves as only having seen Tops, one Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> Yeah, uh... Maxed, they have seen Goodfellas. What does this person who curates a section of the Criterion Collection and, like, has Martin Scorsese releases of other films for Criterion, what does he know about international cinema? What does he, a man who has devoted most of his adult life to the preservation of little-known foreign cinema... What? Where does he get off criticizing the adventures of Star-Lord and the tree? Where does he get off? I just don't understand it. I thought someone who talked about, who would talk about Rome Open City being a formative experience for them as a filmmaker and as a human being would also be in the Thor of the Dark World. I don't know what... I thought for sure the 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 guy who made Mean Streets, who cites Il Vidaloni as one of the, the tantamount influences on what could really be called the first real Scorsese movie. I thought for sure that guy got his fucking rocks off to Doctor Strange. I thought for sure... <laughs> That he was, that he he already had his midnight release tickets for Black Widow. I thought for sure. And also, like, it got lost on a lot of people that he didn't say. It's not that he said that like these movies are all hog shit and you know one and you're stupid <laughs> for liking them. <laughs> Eat your slop, you fucking hogs. Yeah, he said like they're not for him. That's all. <laughs> He was like, you know, they're not really my thing. I wish that anyone would ask me any other question uh, <laughs> besides what Marvel movie would I like to direct. I wish I wish anyone would ask me any other question. And they, they'll drag him down. They'll fucking drag his performance in Shark Tale through the mud. You know, they'll really, they'll really give this guy what for. Because that's all they know about him is, like, Goodfellas and Shark Tale. Yeah. Uh, that is the beginning and ending of their knowledge of Martin Scorsese. Uh, he only directs gangster movies, which, and I'm about to be fucking charitable here with, uh, with my, uh, count of Martin Scorsese's gangster movies, a solid three in a 50 year film career. Yeah. Like his, uh, his most recent film is the Irishman, but his film that came out before that was silence. The film about monks. <laughs> A film that he'd been trying to make for decades yeah. about like the 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 intense pain that comes with like a, like a monk. There was uh, Mean Streets. There was Casino. There was Goodfellas, and there's The Irishman. And I I, I can't think of any more. That's four. And I like The Departed. I would not call a straight up gangster movie. I would. I think it's a cops and robbers. Uh, a sort of film which is different than a gangster film. I also think we're being very generous to Mean Streets by calling it a gangster film. Yeah. They do ma two gangster things. I've seen that movie like three times. They do two gangster things and one of them like owns a tiger. That is the extent of their gangster. Like Robert De Niro blows up a mailbox at one point. Like that's the most heinous thing in the entire movie. I guess technically like Technically, Gangs of New York is a gangster movie, but it doesn't. I guess, but it doesn't but feel like, like a gangster movie at all. But like, but is it? You know, I know it has gangs in the title, but yeah. like, is it? Is it a gangster movie? You know, you got Bill the Butcher in there. Uh, mostly, it's just about like poverty. Mostly, yeah. it's just about like 
the the quote unquote gang is really more of like an Oliver Twist sort of situation. Uh, the the uh, hard scrabble youths who must rebel against the system or whatever. I guess just because it has gangs in the title does not mean it is a gang movie. Uh, I I would I would make that argument like in the same way that Gangster Squad you know is again we're mostly following the cops it's not really about the gangsters <laughs> they're on the Gangster Squad. Blue is the warmest color is not about it's not a documentary about the color blue it's you know right like... <laughs> uh, precisely Scorsese famed gangster director of films like Coon Dune Hugo. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Shutter which Island is a drama about a uh, yeah Shutter Island, uh, yeah famous director of gangster films and gangster films only. Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Martin Scorsese. Uh, yes, so he um, I, I we could call this the cashing of a blank check. His like almost three hour uh, biblical epic about uh, 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 Jesus. Uh, and Absolutely, the yeah. titular Last Temptation of uh, Jesus. Uh, yes, because previous to this, you know, I've seen other movies that attempt to depict the Christ. I have seen uh, The Gospel of John starring Henry Ian Cusick, uh, which is just a straight up like letter for letter um, retelling of that book of the Bible. <laughs> Uh, all the red text was just copy pasted directly into the script. <laughs> and there's a script formatting issue where the font was red and they had to, he had like, to go oh, back in final draft and fix that. Right. Uh, yeah. This <laughs> is not the X-Files movie where they printed on red paper so that it could not be photocopied. Um, this is a, this is a, this is a red text situation. Uh, so yes. And I have seen, uh, the passion of the Christ, which is again, bottom five worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, two hours of Jesus getting whipped <laughs> two fucking hours. You know, uh, one of the things I was going to, uh, come to you with as a, like an episode topic was, uh, the passion and about how, um, I did a thing that I don't normally do ever uh, this weekend, and I commented. Normally, I just read, but this week I commented, and that got me in a lot of hot water. Oh, uh, you were in the comments, baby. I was in. I was in the comments, and I know, like I, I know you never comment, but I did, and it was a thing that was talking about like Jim Caviezel got struck by lightning twice during the making of that movie because, like, even whenever it is art, God doesn't take to blasphemy very well. But the very last thing of this post was like, what do you think about this movie? And I said, which, and I think this is reasonable. Um, I, I referred to it as a snuff film. And I said, the only thing that makes this movie not have an NC-17 rating is the fact that it's Jesus. And not like, if there's anyone else, that movie wouldn't even get a rating from the MPAA. Uh, but I left that comment. And uh, within a span of 24 hours... Uh, I was told that I hate religion and <laughs> that uh, I'm trying to shield future generations from learning about the truth of Jesus. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. I'm just thinking, like, if I had a kid, I would maybe wait until they were in the double digits to watch the goriest film I've ever seen in my entire life. How dare you besmirch the the fine cinematic works of our greatest Christian spokesman, uh, Checks Notes, Mel Gibson, <laughs> how dare you? I don't know why this uh, factoid amuses me so much, but it really does. Um, Passion of the Christ was shot by Caleb Deschanel. And 
the movie that he was a cinematographer on immediately after Passion of the Christ was National Treasure. And that really makes me laugh a whole bunch. <laughs> he wanted to make the opposite kind of movie. Just a complete... He was like, enough of this. And he went and he was like, who is the least maniac in the entire world? Oh, director John Turtletub. Let me fucking shelter under his wings real quick. Uh, after working with Gibson for a few months. Um, yeah, that movie is two hours of a guy getting whipped. It contains none of the cool or interesting or impactful things that Jesus did, short of dying. Um, and also, because... like, I don't want to... I, I, I'm, I'm someone who was raised in the church. I went to a Christian school. Like, no matter what I say or do, like... no, There's a Christian faith hardwired into my DNA... No matter what, like, it's just, For sure. that's just how I lived. Um, and I don't want to knock anyone's beliefs and you can do whatever you want. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that like this side is bad or that side is bad, but I will say this. If you are going to subscribe to a faith, you should do it because you believe not because you're guilt tripped into it. <laughs> And because you feel bad for the protagonist of that religion. I mean, <laughs> guilt is not a good motivator for belief. Guilt is like when, you're, when your dad makes you feel guilty because you didn't take the trash out. It doesn't make you believe in taking the trash out. <laughs> it just makes you feel bad. Yes. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't ascribe to you the belief that the trash should always be taken out. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, it's a bad, like, oh, wow, look at how he suffered. Wow. Don't show any, even one cool thing that Jesus did. Even one impactful word. What matters is that he got whipped a bunch. <laughs> and that is, that is the end of the story. You learn insane facts. Like, Jim Caviezel, like, learned Hebrew to play Jesus in that movie. And you, you must ask yourself, why? Why did he... <laughs> Why did he do that? So he could say ow in Old Testament talk? <laughs> Why did he learn that? That movie, you could just go, Argh! and like you would give the same performance. You don't need to go, ah, in subtitles. <laughs> like you were saying, um, if, if, if you're doing a movie about a, a character, like a person who existed or, you know, a person in, in, who exists historically and whether it be in fiction or nonfiction, like why would you want to not include the fact that like, apparently the guy could walk on water. Like why would you <laughs> not want to include that in your movie? Apparently that guy could like grab a fish and feed thousands of people with that one straight up fish. You're, he's Mel Gibson. Just he's guilty of a lot of things, but he's also guilty of burying the lead. Like this guy, like, this guy he made a movie about, like, he did more than take a bunch of whips. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it would be like if you made Casino Royale, but it's just the scene where James Bond's getting his fucking balls whipped by a big rope. <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that is what you've made. And so to contrast that uh, with The Last Temptation of Christ, which warns you in big, bold, white text before the movie begins, they're like... Hey, this isn't like super literal. Like some of it's from the Gospels and some of it's not. Uh, we're really just trying to explore this idea when it comes to Jesus. You know, we're not telling you this is what literally happened, <laughs> even though. And I just watched it. I don't know what made everyone so mad. <laughs> 
It's, I can't understand why people literally died in firebombs because of this movie. Yeah. I can't. I can't understand because I watched the movie and any bit of objectionable material in it is contained within a dream sequence that Satan made. <laughs> yeah. Satan made it. It's, I, there's, there, I have, a, I can't even talk. That's how many thoughts I have about Last Temptation of Christ. Yeah, good um, movie. Uh, first off, um, n- not, not even talking about like just the faith side of it. Like, man, do I love... Uh, I was thinking about this whenever I was re-watching uh, Greta Gerwig's Little Women recently. Man, I love... Uh, right? Uh, I it love... It makes me cry just fucking thinking um, about it. I really enjoy whenever huh, a fuck. period picture makes the characters in it feel like real people. Yes, that is something that continually gets under my skin about period pieces, where it's like, no, people in Shakespeare times did not talk like Shakespeare plays. People in Shakespeare times were fucking illiterate, so they were like, oh, bruv, bring your fucking old good. You know, they were they were speaking the same fucking nonsense talk that we do today. Yes. They weren't they weren't smarter. Most of them couldn't read. They're not they didn't speak constantly in in verbose, eloquent paragraphs. Just, yeah, talking in monologues. I you would get so frustrated whenever it'd be like you'd be in government class or something and you it'd be movie day and every single time like they have an actor playing Benjamin Franklin talking there's just like stirring rousing violin music underneath them and it's like and everything he said was profound yes it's like everything he said just make these people sound like real fucking people like so i can relate to them for god's sakes that is I mean, you are explaining the the exact impetus of why Hamilton is the biggest thing on Broadway in 20 years, because it takes these, like, monolithic figures, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, right, he, like, they all cheated on their wives, they all, <laughs> they were all, uh, they all had their own, like, little petty squabbles between mm-hmm. each other, um, and that is, that is the best way you can do it, and right, like, Little Women makes me, puts, puts this, like, doubt and life into these characters, um, in the same way that, like, the the recent adaptation of Emma that came out a few months later, I think, did that really well with, like, some some dry material, like, okay. really breathe this life and energy into it, uh, or the fucking Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice, like, makes that the most uh, lovely, achingly human fucking book adaptation you've ever seen in your entire life, um, be- because it injects youth and energy into these characters and people are like oh no they would have had much better manners back then i'm like you don't think 13 year olds were fucking horny a (laughs) hundred years ago because you're wrong if you don't think that like they were sneaking away from the dance to like fucking bone in the bushes you're incorrect you know like i i can't understand why folks would like when you're making a piece of like a movie or a book or a tv show or something or like you have to be around these characters for at least an hour and a half. Like, make them people you want to spend time with. They don't have to be decent people. They can be people that you hate. But, like, at least make them people. <laughs> like, make them engaging. Yes. Make them, make them interesting to spend my time with. So people, and I, we will eventually get back to uh, the Last Temptation of Christ, but yes. people love to praise the Colin Firth 
BBC miniseries adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, right? They they call it like, oh, one of the great adaptations, one of the great British films. And I have seen that motherfucker. And that is the most boring, Ooh. cardboard, piece of shit, uh, waste of my time. And you contrast these scenes from one to another. So in the fucking Joe Wright, Keira Knightley, Pride and Prejudice, the final scene where our two heroes admit love for each other is in like a dewy meadow as the sun rises and the music swells and they like soundlessly walk towards each other until like the emotions get the better of them and they can contain themselves no longer. And you watch the Colin Firth miniseries and it's two people walking slowly down a gravelly lane in a wide shot. And I'm like, this is the end? This is the ending? This is this sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm going to tell my wife not to listen to this episode. Uh, oh, she loves that one? She I know so many one. people that love it. I Yeah, you can tell her. Uh, t- she can take it up with me. Not that she uh, listens anyway, fun. but I'm going to make a point. <laughs> don't listen to this one if you jump back I don't I don't understand why anyone that I don't understand why my girlfriend would listen to a single podcast I do. She's stuck with me all the time. <laughs> yeah. she, why does Why does she want an extra injection? She doesn't of need me? Kevin uh, Kevin bonus material. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to watch the fucking DVD special features of me. She's <laughs> uh, fucking living it. Uh, yes, but the Last Temptation of Christ, uh, which has one hurdle that you must you simply must overcome to get on its wavelength. And that is that there is a tremendous amount of New York Jew in this movie. Yeah. There, it is the one thing you just have to get over is that, like, yep, Harvey Keitel looks and sounds like that. And yes. One of the apostles is Harry Dean Stanton. And Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> yes, Harry Dean Stanton he, is not... He's not... He's not hiding anything. He's just being Harry. Like, he talks like Harry Dean Stanton. Willem Dafoe looks and sounds like Willem Dafoe. No one is doing that stupid Bible adaptation thing where they have fake British accents for whatever reason. No one is doing that. It is, and I think it only makes their performances more naked and more vulnerable and they're allowed to be more emotional because they're not trying to pretend like they are not who they are. Willem Dafoe doesn't have to worry about weeping in the desert in a British accent. He can just weep in the desert. He can just he can just get pissed off and flip shit at the temple and doesn't have to worry about like oh make sure my accent's right make sure I'm carrying myself a certain way. You think God belongs to you? That movie, uh, I, I swear by that movie. I think that's a, a beautiful movie. I, it's my favorite Martin Scorsese film, and it's uh, easily top five. It might not be my number one, but that's only because Scorsese's filmography contains like good like that's five true. of the greatest like seven masterpieces. Like, all they're all masterpieces. <laughs> There are like four immutables, and then you pick your fifth favorite one, and that's based on personal taste. But you're like, Raging Bull and Taxi Driver exist, unfortunately. (laughs) It is by default, like, I guess whenever anyone says like their favorite Martin Scorsese film, they're saying actually like their sixth favorite Martin Scorsese film. Uh, right. Because... If they, if you don't say Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, or Last Temptation, you are picking your favorite that is after those. Yes. But one of the things uh, that I really uh, love about that movie is, like, as someone who's like grown up in the church, like, I I heard my whole life that like Jesus was the human son of God, but. 
one thing he never felt to me until I watched that movie was human. <laughs> and uh-huh. Uh they cut out all the human parts. Yeah, and they cut he, out all the bits where like this this uh man would have some uh internal conflict about his position in the world. Yeah, and it made like I, I won't get too into it, but like so I was born and raised Catholic. Um so like uh, if you guys ever wanted to know, like, why I feel guilty about fucking everything, there you go. Um, but like, from the from as a as a kindergartner at Saint John the Baptist School in West Frankfort, Illinois, uh, I just got it locked into my brain. Like, oh, so I'm going to hell. There's nothing I can do. I'm going to hell. Uh, and I was told to you know be like Jesus, but then I would hear that like. He never sinned and that he did not feel like a human being. I'm like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> and so whenever I watched The Last Temptation of Christ and saw, oh, my God, this human man has temptations like I do. <laughs> like, that was profound for me. And it really, like, did a lot for my faith at a time where, like, I was struggling. Uh, you know, I wasn't, you know, I'm not, I wasn't uh, throwing rocks at the sky trying to nail God. But, you know, just... <laughs> Just struggling Thank a little God. bit, but it was just very uh, refreshing and very profound just to see someone who who was the son of God, but who also struggles with the same things that I do and that other humans do. And Make like him, uh, relatable, and they're more therefore uh, much easier to like sidle up to, especially with um, the Catholic Church. Uh, you are born and raised uh, as a Christian, just thinking that like. If you get just the slightest bit hard, you're going to hell. <laughs> if you get just like the slightest bit aroused at anything, just like, and it's not your partner, your husband or wife, that you're going to hell. And if it's not going to create an offspring, uh, you're going to hell. And I that I really like screwed with me as like a as a young kid in my teenagers, uh, as in my teenage years, who started developing things on his body and hormones started moving around and like where I would like be upset with myself because like I found people attractive <laughs> or I would like, you know, and so it was really hard for me. So whenever I saw like last temptation of Christ and Jesus thought a woman was attractive, I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like I'm not alone. <laughs> like, Oh my God. It was pro. It was a, it was a big deal for me. And it, helped a lot that movie helped a lot at like not making me at me at making me not feel like a colossal scumbag piece of shit 24 <laughs> 7 and uh 37 yeah 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 just yeah i mean i don't get me wrong like i still have a low opinion of myself but <laughs> i i recognize now that that's oh that's human i cannot sing that movie's like praises enough and there's a lot of people that like got upset for it and I have to think it's because like they never saw the movie they just got an opinion it, of their in their brain of what it was it simply must be it's the only explanation I there was a there was a leak of the script I mean this is like uh fucking 1985 or whatever so this is like the early days of script leaks 
Um, but yeah, a script leaked to like a prominent figure in the uh, Catholic Church or something, and it and it filtered down, and none of them ever actually saw the movie. Like it was a movie you were not even allowed to see. A movie about questioning your faith and then ultimately that questioning making you stronger was not allowed to be questioned it was not something to be considered it is uh it's banned uh it's illegal to uh own or watch in the philippines it's completely banned there wow yeah an entire country that it's that movie not like you know, porn is also illegal to own in the Philippines, but like they have the last temptation of Christ on the same level as legitimate pornography in terms of legality. <laughs> it's it's got to be just like a thing where they 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 got it in their heads what it was, and because they weren't, you were a bad person if you went and saw it in the eyes of your church. You know, like the ignorance is perpetuated and kept growing. Um, but like, come on, guys, like. Be reasonable. Uh, if <laughs> this isn't the meme of the guy sweating and looking at two buttons, like, <laughs> which would you rather have? Dying in the most horrible, brutal way that anyone has ever died, or having a family who loves you? <laughs> like, right. that's that's uh, a reasonable temptation. <laughs> yeah. It is, in fact, the last temptation. And he takes it, and then he's like, oh, this was the wrong one. I, I, I gotta go back and do the other one. I gotta, I can't uh, come down off the cross and go have a family. I I simply must uh, 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 go back and uh, do it again. And uh, the way I watched it, like, it wasn't a, a thing that, like, he did that, and, like, oh, shit, I gotta go back. It was just a thing, like, he thought about. <laughs> like, he, I, I don't think it was in his brain that, you know, I don't think he consciously stepped stepped down. I mean... That's a great thing about film and a great thing about that movie is like it's open for interpretation. Indeed. But like I don't know like we as humans constantly imagine like life being better for ourselves and no matter what situation we're in we could be the happiest we've ever been but still want more or want something different. Sure. Um and so like totally reasonable for a guy who's got railroad spikes through his wrists and ankles to be like Hmm, that girl is pretty. <laughs> like, Remember that hot girl I used to know? <sighs> Seems like I could really uh, make a go with her. You know, if I got a chance to, chance to do it all, if I uh, got a chance to do it all over again. And also, uh, like, Last Temptation of Christ, it it is just a, a, a movie. <laughs> you know, it's not like we've you know? changed the gospel. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, we didn't. We didn't take him down off the cross. It was a th- it was a thing that happened in a movie. We didn't even take him. If... We took Willem Dafoe. It's right. Not even... It's not even the real guy. It was it was Doctor Doctor Green Goblin from the Spider Man. <laughs> it was the lighthouse guy. It's the landlord from the Florida Project. It's not Jesus. Yes, that's not Jesus. That's Willem Dafoe, and he he was so handsome. You would think, just based on like what Willem Dafoe looks like now, that like. Him is Jesus, uh, but but it works. That was what I was expecting going <laughs> in. I was like, okay, Marty, like, le- okay, uh, but uh, no, he's such a he's such a soft, sweet boy. But when you watch the movie, you realize like, 
oh, it makes sense to cast a person who looks like they're constantly in anguish to play Jesus in The Last Impression <laughs> of Christ. In this particular uh, iteration of the movie. Just, and yeah, I mean, we haven't even, like, uh, uh, touched on how, like... The, the scene of him in the desert looking for answers is, like, one of the most, like, upsetting and harrowing uh, sequences. And you know what? They they fucking did copy-paste uh, the the Bible straight into that script because that's exactly how it go down. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly how it go down. Uh, for, the, uh, for the most part, it is, like, pretty true to Scripture. I'm not trying to, like, knock anyone's religion or anything like that, but just, like, in terms of storytelling, like, he's not a very well-written character. We see him get born and then we flash forward 33 years. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's a lot of uh, dramatic license that you can take with him. Uh, but even then, like they stick pretty true to like what's there. Yeah. For the most part, it's really just the end where they take some liberties. And uh, that's the point. Actually, that Absolutely. was the that was the whole idea that they were going for. Most of that's, you know, it's pretty true. They paraphrase a little bit. They they have him uh, talk like a guy who's just extemporaneously speaking, um, <laughs> as if he's kind of like trying to articulate a point. It's difficult to articulate. They they paraphrase a little bit, but like they don't change any of his ideas. There's not a lot of <laughs> thys and thous and the things that makes uh, the Bible just very difficult to read just like yeah. just a real fucking easy breezy read yeah. uh yeah it's really it's really great uh it's very uh very readable uh not uh not uh, you know not like left behind uh <laughs> where they really they take the bible and they put it in the hands of the people tim lay he and jerry b jenkins of left behind authorship uh only know yes. that because my dad only <laughs> Your dad's always like, oh, you know, you get your dad a book for Christmas, and he's like, this is pretty good. Do you have any, you have any more of that J- Barry B. Jenkins? Got any more books where a happy ending is, is Jesus coming back? Any more of those books? Do you have any more books that uh, I only read to feel vindicated? <laughs> you got any more books that I that are only appealing because I'm right? Yeah, uh, this is, this is a, I'm sure this book is great, but I want a book that I could take back to my echo chamber. If I could get one of those. If you could just, uh, give me a book that challenges me in no way, uh, even, uh, emotionally and, uh, just ask me to affirm what I already, uh, believe, uh, that'd be, that'd be great. When you walk away from anything is you should feel like I'm right. <laughs> that's, that's the, the, the point of a lot of great art is to make that's you walk why... away and think, yep. Yeah. Everyone else is wrong. I'm the only right guy. That's why That's why you should watch that hour-long YouTube video of a guy speaking directly into his webcam. Because at the end, he will agree with everything that you believe. And you just want to, you just want to feel vindicated. You just want to feel right. You don't ever want to challenge or better yourself. You just want to, to be right. All the time. Why would we want to apply any friction to create a spark? Why, why this late, let's leave the matches on the table. We don't have to change them and transform them in any way. We can just, let's, we're a hyphen between two dates. Why would we want to, why would we want to do anything with that? Why can't we just, just coast <laughs> and be comfortable? And, you know, why, why would we want to upset the apple cart as it were? Not I. No. I, me, let the earth burn. Because heaven's waiting for me. Let it, <laughs> let it fucking rot. Because that's not, I don't even care about the earth. I don't even care. I can go outside to a Walmart 
with no face mask and no gloves because the blood of Jesus is poured over me. I'm fine. I have been... Did you listen to the song? I am cleansed by the blood. I went to a church service when I was younger. It was a different church than I normally went to. And they were singing this hymn, and I can't remember the the exact lyrics. But, like, I remember, like, being physically, like, I was grossed out by it. Because the song was, like, baptizing and, like, b- us being baptized in his blood, dunking ourselves under. Like, they talk about Jesus' veins opening up. And I'm like, this is gross. <laughs> like, who wrote this? <laughs> who wrote this hymn? Rob Zombie? Yeah. <laughs> who wrote this one? Was it Eli Roth, director of the Hostel franchise? <laughs> the Green Inferno's Eli Roth? Uh, instead of Cabin <laughs> Fever, it's Tomb Fever. And, and and let me tell you, those Pharisees are hostile. Ah. You're welcome. Uh, this has been Kevin. <laughs> Our most offensive episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. This one, we get... We get fucking canceled. I mean, we get canceled in the 80s in a post-fucking South Park world. Last Temptation would not make a blip on the radar. (laughs) Just like Last Temptation would come out like, oh, another movie about Jesus. Okay. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Nothing to see here. (laughs) 